0: Nothing challenges us like an attack on our pocketbook. But we'll do just that today. Do stick around. How to be generous towards others. That's what we'll talk about next. It's a hard thing to consider. In fact, I would imagine many have already tuned out. The minute we talk about pocketbooks... We're just too tight. Nope, that's my personal space. You don't invade it. But the problem is, God has invaded every aspect of your life, including your wallet. The question is, do you live like it? Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. We're looking at Luke chapter 10 as well as Proverbs 11 and verse 25. How to be generous towards others. That's the title of our message today. Here's Pastor Phil with this edition of truth for today.
1: I want to talk to you today about living to be generous. Living to be generous. We're going to look at Luke 10, but let me read two verses from you, for you. Proverbs 11:25. 25. Let me give you the Howard perversion. A stingy person will prosper. A, what kind? I can't hear you. I hear him over there. That's the willy corner. We can hear him over there. You guys need to catch up. A generous person will prosper. I ask you, ask yourself, are you a generous person? Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Second of all, are you a refreshing kind of person? I mean, do you bring a lifting up? Do you change the climate for good? Proverbs nineteen seventeen: whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. Do you think God can pay you back? Not the poor man. Not the poor man. But whoever lends to the poor or helps the poor lends to the Lord and he will reward them for what they have done. Jesus is asked by a brilliant lawyer who is steeped in the uh, Torah and the law uh, in Luke chapter 10. We'll pick up verse 25. Do this and you will live. Now, it sort of sounds like you can earn your salvation, doesn't it? The issue is Jesus has never known anybody that lived this way. No one's ever perfectly loved God with all their heart. We have moments, moments. Uh, And to love our neighbor. Now, watch this. But he, the lawyer, the Jewish lawyer desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied. Now see, I wouldn't wanted to give you a theological statement, but Jesus said, let me tell you a story. Kind of like Abraham Lincoln. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead, Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, which would be a very religious man, a man steeped in the teachings of the Old Testament. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, another very religious man, very educated, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion, or mercy. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii, two days' worth of wages, and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him. Whatever more you spend... I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers, the one who showed him mercy? And Jesus said, go and do likewise. It is an amazing, amazing, brilliant, Story Because the hero should have been a Jewish fellow countryman rescued me. Two Jews go by the road and we're assuming in the story a Jew was the one robbed and beat up. Three Jews and one racially hated Samaritan. They hated their race and they hated their religion. Samaritans were half-breeds. The Assyrians mixed their people with the Jews to break down racial distinction, so the Jews saw it as genocide. You're trying to eliminate the distinctiveness of our Jewishness, so you turned us into Samaritans. We hate you for that. And we hate your religion because you say Mount Gerizim is where you ought to go to worship, uh, you only accept the first five books of Moses. Uh, you don't believe in angels. You don't believe in the rest. You're heretics. You're apostate. We have nothing to do with you. You're despised. Racial people A despised. Religious people. And what in the world is a Samaritan even doing in the story? So let's uh, take a little journey here. Four things I want us to look at. Who is my neighbor? That's That's the question. Who is my neighbor? Two, where should I give my resources? Where should I give my resources? Three, three biblical reasons for poverty. And it's interesting. If you ask liberals and conservatives, they would have a world of difference in why people are poor. But the Bible gave three three reasons. We'll look at those. And then finally... If we have the time, first service, I went over time. The clock went out, and it worked to my advantage. I just kept going. They told me later, so pray for the service that you just let They're healing up from a long sermon. Then I want to talk about uh, where does mercy and social work fit into evangelism? Should they mix? If you grew up like me, you were never taught a social conscience or of social justice. Never thought of it. I never knew racism existed until I studied and read the biography of Luther King, Martin Luther King. I didn't know that. I grew up in Richmond. I was just hoping I could outrun my black friend or I didn't get beat up. Uh, We never heard of racism. I didn't know. I didn't know. That you could be suppressed because of the pigmentation of your skin. That doesn't happen in America, right? Well, the lawyer wanted to justify himself. And uh, the first thing we ought to ask, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And I think he just blows all the sockets for this man. Uh, You know, when you're being helped by somebody, you don't care what color they are. Anybody been in the hospital? When the only help is on the other end of that buzzer. I've been there. And I had a back surgery. I was miserable. And I was pushing the buzzer. I couldn't get any help. Because a bunch of young nurses and them. It was late at night. That's the worst shift. If you know being in the high, You hate that night shift. Because you get forgotten. And they were back there courting each other. It seemed like. But the, uh, but the next morning. They moved me to the orthopedic department. Where Priscilla. A black nurse worked in orthopedic for years. I want to tell you, she was an angel sent from God. We sent Christmas cards each other. And every time I'm in Oakland, I go to orthopedic department and I look up Priscilla and we hug. I said, honey, you answered the bell. <laughs> you answered the bell. And I don't care where you're from. You could have been from Mars. You look good to me, honey. You look good. And so Jesus tells this story. You don't care what they are when you're beat up, when you're bleeding, when you're suffering. Who cares? By the way, what, what, what ethnicity? Do you want help or not? Who is my neighbor? Uh, I think most people grow up with conditional, not unconditional mercy. You have a circle in your mind of who you will help and who you will not help. Uh, you don't want to waste your money on somebody going to hell, do you? Do you? I mean, you don't want to feed poor folks who don't love Jesus. Are you do? Huh? Let me uh, ask you some questions that Benjamin Moorfield put out. Talking about conditional mercy, unconditional mercy. Who qualifies? This is how we do people. Because we got this little money, whatever resources, and, and you see all kinds of needs, and you categorize who, who's worthy, who's not. I, I think we automatically do that. Listen to this: Why should I feed a poor man who does not believe like me, nor represent anything I do? Why? Why should I help him? I don't owe him anything. I earn my money. I ain't giving it to somebody that. We don't have any same beliefs. I can't waste my money. Listen to what Warfield says. Some people say my money is my own. Jesus could have said my blood is my own. Then where would we be? Objection. The poor are undeserving. Answer. Christ could have said they are wicked rebels. Shall I lay down my life for these I'll give my life for good angels and for good people, but not for hell deserving sinners. Where would we be? To all of it. Objection. The poor may abuse it. Oh, I've seen people like, Oh, man, if I give to that Pan $5, he's allowed like to go buy some Thunderbird. That's cheap wine. You know, he can go. You didn't think I knew that, did you? Yeah. I, oh, that, they might go. Uh, who knows? They may, you know, spend. So you want to give the money and give them the instruction where they can spend it. And you will go to McDonald's, won't you? The poor may abuse it. Christ could have said with far greater truth, Christ knew that billions of people would trample over his blood, despise his name, and he still died for the world. Was he a fool to die for people who would not trust him? Warfield goes on. He gave his own blood for those who would never trust him. Oh, my dear Christian, if you would be like Christ, give much, give often, give freely to the vile and poor, the thankless and the undeserving. Christ is glorious and happy, and he wants you to be. It is not your money I want. It's in his sermon. But your happiness. Remember this, that Christ said it's more blessed to give than to receive. I would that you would be happy. Imitate me. Give. We ask ourselves, was Christ merciful to anyone that did not believe in him? Did he ever feed anybody that never trusted him? He could feed 5,000 and only 120 showed up in the upper room. Not too great in numbers of success. Billy Graham had won more than Christ did. Did he die for them? Did he preach the gospel to the poor? Poor economically. Don't use that spirit. That's a cop out. Blessed are the poor, not in spirit. They inserted that. Blessed are the poor. Don't say just that to my spirit. doesn't mean that. It means economics poor. I mean when Christ was a homeless man never owned any property. The only thing he ever owned was the garment his mother sold for him. A failure economically. He said if you hang out with me you won't know where to sleep tonight. If you hang out with me I've got to rob the mouth of fish to pay my taxes. You just got to know which fish to catch. Who should you give to? I say." Let's be discerning in how we use money. First of all, you should give to God. Honor God. Okay. Uh, one thing about it, God doesn't have an address. I'll let you think on that. That's heavy. Some of you keep saying, well, I'm mailing it to heaven. Well, honey, you, you, he doesn't have an address up there. There's something on earth you've got to give it to. Right. Where is he building his kingdom on the earth? Is God doing anything on the earth that you can give finances to help to support his kingdom, his cause, is, I would think, the people called by his name be good to all men, especially to those of the household of faith. Galatians 6, 9. So you ought to start with giving, I would think, to a local church. Some people get a burden for everything but the local church. You think we're a fat cat church. We are not. We fix a budget for, let's say, $3 this year. Uh, we'll give 125,000 on an average to missions. We give 60,000 on an average to Agape Fund. We're giving. We committed a million four for our stewardship of the building oversight, but we pay for things like sewer pumps. Anybody got a burden for that? <laughs> Designate on your offering envelope, sewer pump fund. Hey, they both go out. They both go out. Ron Hughes says, hey. Uh, Our pumps just went out. What do we do? said, please replace them. (laughs) Quick. Lights fall over. They're rusting out in our parking lot. Lights go over. All kinds of stuff. You, You care less about it. But somebody does. Somebody underwrites it. So I think in your giving, think about God, his word. Two, take care of your family. First Timothy 5, 8 said, If you don't take care of your family, you're worse than an infidel. Take care of your children, your wife. I mean, you, 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 you owe that. And many of you younger uh, couples that have children and the liquid money is, is uh, short, in short supply, uh, feel good about taking care of your family. Feel good, This high rent, high cost of everything. Is there anybody in this place over 70? Thank you for admitting that. <laughs> well, I have sticker shock on everything I buy. I said, how much? <laughs> and Carolyn keeps saying, you're getting old, which is real comforting. She says, you're getting, I mean, I've got books in my library. I paid five bucks for They go for 30. I said, that's ridiculous. I got that for five. What year? Well, it's 1963. <laughs> You know, I said, South Carolina gas is $1.79. And out here, $4. I remember coffee at a quarter a cup. Anybody remember a quarter? I mean, that was outrageous. That was inflation. (laughs) I mean, prices, take care of your family. Do that. Don't pay credit interest. Get off of credit cards. They will. the banks will rob you and your family owe no man anything except the debt of love Romans thirteen 8. don't let Macy's take your money I got a Macy's card at 29% a month if I just decide I want to carry it on credit isn't that wonderful your friendly merchant you dirty blow down 29% interest uh, support God's family the church Help God's family. Be good. Uh, here, here's some things you ought to support outside of God's family and outside of your family. You ought to support the government. Go ahead, pray about it. I'll go into the Holy of Holies for you. It is right to pay taxes, it is right to pay taxes. Now, as much as they want in this state, that's another matter. But anyway, it's right. Pay your taxes to the king, Romans 13. And don't don't grouse all the time. Be thankful to God. You got a country that protects you, that's got an army that protects you, that's got a postal system that maintains your roads, your lights, your infrastructure, police, fire. We ought to be thankful for how much we get for what we pay. Could I hear... The Democrats first, then the Republicans. You can, yes, I'll pay my taxes with joy, but get a good CPA, save all you can, amen? Uh, you ought to help your neighbor, your neighbor. Not all men are my brothers, but every man is my neighbor. Not everybody's my brother, but everybody's my neighbor. Because my neighbor is someone I come upon. God puts them on my path that they have a need I'm able to meet. You see, if you're a poor boy all the time, uh, you know, it, you, you can't meet it. That's why we want you to prosper. I think God wants you to prosper. He said, I want you to work. Colossians 3, because it glorifies me. And then he says in Ephesians 4.29, every man ought to stop being a thief. And he says that. And he ought to work. Now notice why he should work. So he can retire early. He should work that he might meet the needs of those who are in need. One of the reason God gives you prosperity is to help people that don't have it. Ephesians 4.29. I believe that's in the New Testament. (laughs) Quit stealing and start working that you might share it with people in need. But instead, I hear some people, hey, that money's ours. I'm not working that I could share. I'm holding on to it. Well, it will rot in your hands. It will go away. Because God gives us wealth intentionally. We ought to help strangers. And that doesn't mean strange acting people. I mean, not, we wouldn't help each other maybe. Uh, strangers, it usually meant aliens, immigrants. Because God told Israel uh, in Leviticus 19, when the immigrants come in your country, uh, Gentiles, uh, and we see this in the book of Ruth and Naomi, and here comes Ruth the Moabitess, goes back to her mother-in-law's hometown of Bethlehem, And uh, she's working in the fields. And they know she's not a Jewish girl. Uh, But according to the law, you had to leave your corners of your fields unharvested so that the Gentile immigrants in your country could live off of the corners. You couldn't charge a fellow Jew tax money or interest, but you could charge the Gentile. They did allow that. It was in the law. You, you can charge them interest, but not your brother, not a fellow Jew. But he said, don't forget you were slaves for 400 years. You know what it is to be an immigrant in another country and be unfairly treated, not paid your wages, your children being commanded to be killed. So he says, Israel, Gentiles can come into your land. They can work. They got to abide by the law of the land. Uh, but be good. Be good to the alien. Be good to them. Don't, don't run over them because they're, they're immigrants or aliens in that land. It's an amazing thing. Be good to your enemies. Jesus said, if you love those who love you, what different are you than the Gentiles?
0: And this is Truth For Today. Radio Ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, and our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. Thank you for spending time with us today. As always, it is a pleasure and a delight studying God's Word with you that we might mutually grow in our love and admiration for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you have questions about today's program, maybe you have a question about your own walk, a relationship with the Lord, we would love to talk with you. No strings attached. Give us a call, and we'd be more than happy to answer any questions we can or pray with you. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. If you would rather write to us, here's our address, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules, the zip code 94547. And again, even if it's a simple thank you for the broadcast, we'd love to hear from you. It's always a delight knowing that these programs are being used by the Lord for your growth in Christ. So again, you can reach us by phone, by mail. Or better yet, stop by our website and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can find us at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. As you stop by, don't forget to drop us an email and take advantage of the many resource materials we have available for your growth in Christ. Again, it's all there at truthfortodayradio.org. And then if you would like to join us here at Valley Bible Church for worship, Sunday services are at 9 and 11. And directions can be found at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling eight five five eight three three ninety eight sixty four. As you contact us, would you also prayerfully consider partnering with us financially? We're able to continue the radio ministry through your generous financial support. And whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly donation, No size is too small or too great. We'd love to hear from you and know that you are partnering with us for the furtherance of the gospel. So contact us today at 855-833-9864 or stop by truthfortodayradio.org. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.